0: Good evening. The State of the Union is precarious, I think. Um, Yeah, this this is going to be fascinating. And uh, as soon as the nerds join me, I'm going to ask everybody what they're hoping for and what they're anticipating. So, in other words, what... In a perfect world, would you like to hear President Biden say? And in the same kind of context, hey Jen, um, I'm just starting off. So I'm going to ask everybody, since we have some time, what in a, a perfect world they they would want President Biden to say, and what in this uh, in the along the same lines he might possibly say that would still be good. So for example, I want him to say, defund the police. This is not going to happen. However, I hope, and this is within the realm of possibility or it certainly should be, I want him to come out very strong. Hey Dean, how are you? Fine. I want him to come out very strongly for police, like meaningful, deep, serious police performance. You know, I'm playing I, I'm playing a little uh pre-game. Um so it you pregame is it public drinking? Is that what you're saying? I, well that's always optional here when the show is after five wherever you are. Um so basically it's sort of what's your your fantasy of what Biden would say and what is within the realm of possibility that he should say. So for example, I, when you're coming in, I was saying I want him to say defund the police. He won't but at the very least, can he come out a very meaningful, serious police report? So what, what would be one or two If you're in a perfect world, he'd say this, but hopefully he'll at least say that. Um, whatever.
1: I, I would like him to say, tonight we arrested Donald Trump and bring him in in handcuffs for the whole crowd. Everyone cheers. Yeah. And, like, and he's like, here he is, and we're going to return him to his cell while he'll be remaining to trial. That's what I'd like. Or calling for accountability for Donald Trump, but he won't do that. What what he will do is he'll tout the accomplishments, because we know from the stuff released from the White House, most jobs created in the first two years. That's remarkable. Unemployment, 3.4%, the lowest since 1969. Mm -hmm. Black and Latino unemployment, almost record lows. It's touching on it. That's really important. And his accomplishments, because the Washington Post poll on Sunday is kind of startling. Only about 36% of Americans think President Biden's accomplished a lot or even a middle amount of stuff, while about almost 80% of Democrats think he has. So we're paying attention. Other people have it. Only about 30% right. of Americans think he's created jobs, which is undeniable, a record number of jobs. So, look, I, I think what he's going to do is tout that. He'll definitely talk about police reform. There's no doubt. The um, I had Congresswoman Bonnie Watson Coleman on last night, and she designed this pin that says 1870. And a lot of Democrats are going to wear that pin. If people see it tonight, it's just 1870. That's the first year that a free black man was killed by the police happened in Philadelphia. I had Congressman Ilhan Omar on my show today who talked about she's bringing Amir Locke's father. Amir Locke was killed last year by the Minneapolis police. And they both said they expect to hear President Biden and not in a demanding way. They're like, he's going to speak about criminal justice reform. They know who he is. Okay. So the question is, does it go anywhere? Yeah. The problem is with this Republican Party... Polling shows, and I I really try to urge people, look at the polling about the base. You'll see why the leaders are saying it. The base doesn't believe there's a thing called systemic racism, so the leaders don't say that. And the base of the GOP thinks there's as much, if not more, discrimination against white people than there is against people of color. So they're not going to enact criminal justice reform because they think as white people they're suffering the most. So nothing's going to pass right now, but it's important for President Biden to talk about that. Holding Trump accountable is important. Obviously, I'll talk about China. Marjorie Green, the the moron walking around that you see in the halls with a white balloon.
0: She's just—you know what? I I don't even want to waste my time. I I don't think him a person.
1: Let her into it. It's really—I think Biden should shoot it down because it looks like a redneck spy (laughs) balloon. Could be leading to trouble. So what? He's going to say the normal things. I will share. What I heard from listeners tonight, because we opened the phone lines in the first hour just on this, and so many all Democrats calling and saying the poll, the ABC poll, which shows only 31% of Democrats want Biden. A lot of people called up and said, look, I'm in the camp that would like someone else, but I'm still 100% going to support Joe Biden. That's what the mainstream media is missing in that. Yeah, They want to see more fight. They want to see more fire. And a lot of people brought up not his age as much as he operates from an old time of politics where you can get things done with the Republicans. So I hope he's going to talk about, like he did in September, the MAGA GOP is a threat to our democracy. Yeah, and that will make Democrats a, a little bit more emboldened. So that's my yeah.
0: Opinion. And listen, I, I he absolutely needs to tout the the positives, the accomplishments, because you know clearly the media aren't doing it properly. Um, and as as you point out, the the American electorate is woefully. Uh, under or uninformed about the good things that are going on in the economy, so Jen, give me one of your your fantasy of what is you know going to come out saying swinging, and the sort of more realistic version of what might happen and should. Happen. Yeah.
2: <clears throat>
3: so I mine is you know I, I always like things in threes. So one of the things we've been talking about for months is freedom. So the first is I want the emphasis to be on freedom that we deserve freedom, that um, that America's built on freedom. Mm-hmm. Secondly, shared prosperity. And third, that Joe's the guy who can deliver those things.
2: Yeah,
3: And so it's, but I would say we, these are not available to us because the Republicans want to take away our freedom. And that includes because they're ignoring systemic racism, police violence, because they want to shut down freedom at schools, freedom to be who you want to be. In terms of the shared prosperity, he you know Joe's a guy who wants who can deliver this. He's already started to do the fifteen percent tax on corporations. Prosperity means prosperity for all. We're going to actually have to have the rich pay their fair share, right? All the stuff around, um, you know what the, what that looks like, and then finally that he's the guy who can do it because he is a leader, but he's a team player. He's got a. It's not just him joe is someone who can bring the party together and he can stand up to the republicans like he did when he got the inflation reduction act so to me those are the things to lead with and we're going to get here is because the press is always saying you didn't tell us what you did i'm afraid we're going to get too many statistics like you typically get at a state yep. of the union yep. that I'm going to be like, I'm actually not even at my desk. I'm downstairs ready to like recline because I'm afraid I'm going to, like, I'm just going to fall asleep leaning over in my chair. So um, I think that, you know, I don't usually make it through a state of the union. I think in my life, I yeah. have always fallen asleep. Haven't you all at some point?
0: I have to, anyway, confess, I don't typically watch them. <laughs> um, and and to, to the viewers, I'll say, um, for the re- reason Jed just stated, but also I I don't I don't like the ovations and tonight in particular I really 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 don't want to see Kevin McCarthy sitting where Nancy Pelosi should be sitting. Um, but you know that's why we we're going to provide live co- commentary. We're going to we're going to keep it interesting. We're going to keep people on their toes. Hopefully entertained. Oh yeah,
3: I won't sleep. I promise. Me. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I mean that could be entertaining. I'd I thought the Oak zero, but there, yeah, you, there you go. Um, and I just want to expand a little bit on on points both of you made and, and maybe add a couple. Again, tout the accomplishments, absolutely, but. I mean, I sort of, one of my fantasies is that he comes out and says the state of the, I, I started the show by saying the state of the union is precarious. I want him to come out and say the state of the union is not good because of course he's not going. I said it was a fantasy. Um, but we're, I don't mean the state of the country in terms of the economy and other things, but the state of our union, we are not not united because, and then I would like for him to say, because of people like Ron DeSantis, who is trying to turn Florida into a closed fascist state. And if he's not going to say that, which of course he won't, at least talk about, and I think we talked about this the other day on the show, at least say how dangerous it is to ban books, how dangerous it is, to erase the contributions of black Americans and do away with African American studies. How dangerous things like don't say gay are, how dangerous it is to um treat educators as if they're not professionals, right? Uh just the whole um the way he DeSantis and the right is gonna use education uh in the next election and i also want him to talk about hi guys hey wow. good to see you um you too. We're, we're playing a little game here which is what's your fantasy of what president biden's going to say and what do you think is reasonably likely that he would say so for one of my fantasies is that he's going to call to expand the supreme court he's not going to but at least talk about the dangerous extremism of the court especially regarding um gun safety and you know most egregiously uh when it comes to the the right to choose uh which is no longer a right for more than half of the states in this country so what's your fantasy and what is a version of that that Biden might say that will at least help the American people feel like he's he's really fighting for us? Uh, let's start with you, Allie.
4: Oh gosh, um, my fantasy. Um, yeah, like Dean's I- was, he said that he's going
0: to arrest Donald tonight or something. That's my dream. <laughs> that was that was really
1: Life again from Pulp Fiction. Look what we got. Back in the box. That's it.
4: Yeah. I think that's everyone's fantasy is that he announces consignments <laughs> tonight. That would be my dream. Um, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head the Supreme Court, too. Um, that's something that I think a lot of Democrats want to see. Yeah. Um, or even making D.C. a state. Um, that's another yeah. one, but I don't know if we'll ever see it. So that would be mine. You know what? It's sometimes it just, it just needs to
0: be said like right at them. Like it can Biden make DC a state? No, I, at least last I checked, I don't believe he can, but sometimes we just want to hear that that's a priority, that, right? That, that it's on the radar, um, you know, police reform, gun safety, that at least it's on their minds so Adam what's something you would like to see that probably won't happen um but that's
5: all that's all I would come up with um, <laughs> I think in an ideal world I'd love to see him come out and say um that uh you know it is true that he ordered uh the balloon to be shot down but his, his exact words were I ordered that motherfucker to be shot down and I think that'd be a great campaign ad is that uh, true? No but I
0: Oh, oh, we wanted okay. to be shot down. Sure. Be I,
5: actually, my exact words were, "I ordered that motherfucker to be shot down." Right. Um, but we're talking about dreams. Uh, I think <laughs> okay, just be like you know the real Biden that we all know. Um, hmm? You know, sort of let. Uh, we used to have these stickers back in 2000 in the 2000 Senate race for Hillary. Don't Hillary, Hillary, and let Hillary be Hillary. Um, I think you know, uh, uh, sort of dark Brandon at his best. He's going to have you know Kevin McCarthy standing behind him um who is as gutless as anyone we've ever seen and I think if he can just get up there and and hammer home the historic things that they've accomplished in in 2 years I mean yeah. uh, you know we know from back in the day we used to hear oh carvel bagala jobs 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 but i mean the job numbers are incredible and i think speaking yeah. to that and speaking to to what he's done in such a short period of time after uh uh you know, this helpless, reckless place that we were left from the last president, um, I think is, is really what he needs to hammer home.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Hi, Norm. Hi, Cliff. Hi, um, hey, How are you? Good. Listen, what we're doing in the... We've, we've still got a bit of time. Uh, where We're saying, like, what is our fantasy thing that Biden should do tonight but won't, for example, um, expand the court or defund the police or whatever, uh, and and a realistic version of something he might say, which is at least to call out the dangerousness of the, extre- the you know, the extremism on the court, or the need for police reform. So, uh, Cliff, what what's your fantasy versus a realistic version that Biden might actually say?
6: Well, I mean, he wouldn't want to call him an ultra-maga extremist because I hear that gets Kevin that gets Kevin McCarthy very upset. So he wouldn't want to say that <laughs> about them. Yeah. Um, You know, civility. More than
7: 10 times, anyhow.
6: Exactly. (laughs) Um, Fantasy would be, honestly, to get right in their faces and point out how their extremism uh, in wanting to destroy our economy with what they're doing, playing with the debt ceiling, Um, the fact that they're a party that's still committed an act of, of sedition, that there are members seated there right now who should be on trial frankly he shouldn't say that obviously but right. but members see there right now who are involved in an attempted coup against the united states that'd be my fantasy yeah um what do i realistically think he'll say um he won't say that i do think he he has gotten so much better we remember before the midterm saying talking about semi-fascism and even even saying that word yeah word yep. was a big deal it really was yeah um, and I, I think he will point out how extreme they are. I think he will point out um, that they pose a danger to democracy. He won't use those words, but I think he'll use less, less harsh words than that. What I, and what I hope he'll do, and I think they have really seem to be doing more of, I've talked to a few friends there, is bragging you know, yeah. about their accomplishments instead of sort of being, you know, I mean, that's what the State of the Union is about, but they've always been sort of, you know, it's a democratic thing. We figure people just know five hundred thousand jobs created in January lowest unemployment since 1969
0: is yeah your- De- Dean already pointed those stats out right oh, and, right, and, and,
6: and, and you no
0: no no it's okay its just you know the problem that Jen pointed out is that when when they do start bragging which they absolutely should it gets you know, they get into the weeds, and it gets really boring. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, that's not that that is not what this should be about. But yeah, absolutely bragging rights, especially with the job creation numbers are absolutely insane. And Norm, what Cliff just reminded me, and, and this is just so horrifying, I completely forgot about the death ceiling. And I completely forgot about the January sixth insurrection. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's so much that still hasn't been addressed. And um, having said that, you know, what, what is your fantasy of something that that will be highlighted, um, and then a sort of more realistic version of what might ha- might be yeah. said tonight? Well,
7: f- so first on the debt ceiling, my fantasy is that he would say uh, to all of you Republicans. You raised the debt ceiling three times without any conditions when Donald Trump was president, and during that time, the debt over more than 200 years went up by over 25 percent. And now, all of a sudden, uh, you've decided to uh, uh, be concerned about it. I'd like to have him call him out on that. Um, I would also uh, like to have him get to the balloon issue. my friend Bill Press calls it balloonacy, uh, which <laughs> is a wonderful term. And uh, Norm,
0: our friend David Rothkoff calls them ballooniacs. Yeah. It's, <laughs> or balloonetics uh, or something like that. It's but right.
7: in my fantasy, he calls out the Republicans who are in the Gang of Eight, which is the leaders and the uh, uh, heads of the Intelligence Committee, who were briefed multiple times on the three balloons, at least that crossed the country without uh, any uh, action during the Trump administration Mm -hmm. and the members of the Intelligence Committee who've been briefed repeatedly, including being briefed on why they didn't shoot the balloon down over the United States, and Mm -hmm. calls them out for not just hypocrisy, but for trying to score cheap political points at the expense of national security. Yeah, Uh, He won't do either of those things, but I think he has to address the debt ceiling and uh, 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 and the history of this yeah. point out that just flirting with it in 2011 cost taxpayers 19 billion dollars because our credit rating was downgraded just because we came close and noting that the cost would be far more severe uh, this time around yeah. and uh, you know talk about why they dealt with the balloon the way they did. But then there's another element in my fantasy, which is he calls out the Putin lovers uh, who are trying to cut funding for Ukraine and basically just, uh, you know, rips them new ones over and over uh, for being, uh, for violating, you know, put it this way, violating Ronald Reagan's uh, uh, approach to uh, freedom in the world. Give it to him that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, What if the words? We're, we have a little pregame, which is what's your fantasy of what President Biden is going to say and what is a, a a realistic, a more realistic version of something <laughs> he might say, but that's necessary for him to say. Um, so, you know, everybody's what's kind of astonishing is that, yeah, there's been a little bit of overlap, but everybody's come up with different and equally valid and kind of extraordinarily important things like there's so much going on and you know with the debt ceiling for example like can somebody please explain to the american people what it would actually look like if america defaults on debt because it's so unimaginable but anyway let's let's leave that aside for a second so what's your fantasy of something that uh dark brandon is going to come out and say (laughs) with his sunglasses on
8: (laughs) i love that dark brandon with the sunglasses on um, you know, I think about this speech, uh, knowing that tomorrow the Republicans in the house are going to have their first, uh, Hunter Biden committee hearing. And what I would like, and I, I think a lot of the cadence you're going to see from the president tonight is about contrasting with the American people. Uh, this is what an adult in the room looks like. And then tomorrow shit show is, yep. is what the other side looks like. And that's really the choice that the American people have to decide between going forward. Uh, I think that with them, uh, with the president out here tonight, deliberately, I think, striking, uh, bipartisan or nonpartisan notes, things that should be nonpartisan, frankly. uh, Um, I think that will make the Republicans tomorrow when they're making baseless accusations, chasing conspiracy theory threads, using, you know, the oversight committee as her own, you know, Gustavo, uh, I, I think that contrast between tonight and tomorrow is, is a lot of the framing, uh, the, the, the thought behind the framing of what we're going to see happen here in a few minutes.
0: Yeah, and also, uh, apparently, I, I mean, I wish I could say I, I have a hard time believing it's true, but I, it seems perfectly real realistic that... We'll get some of that contrast tonight if Marjorie Taylor Greene brings a white balloon as her date, um, which apparently she's. uh, I mean, she's single now,
6: so yeah.
0: Hey, listen, whatever you're, just don't go to Florida because I'm sure DeSantis would have a problem with that. But uh, don't yuck
3: her yum, Mary.
1: uh, Well, I don't
0: even know what that means, and I don't want to. Um, Hi, Brian. Hey. Uh, And wait, Dean. I just want to check it. You need to leave at nine, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll just, so I'll just
1: quietly disappear.
0: no, no, no. So I want Brian to to do our pregame, and then uh, Dean, I want you to get the last word before we go live to the State of the Union. Brian, I just want like your fantasy of what Dark Brandon is going to say tonight, but almost certainly won't, <laughs> and something that he really should say and can. Um, just hopefully he will.
9: Well, I think what he'll say. I, I've read the excerpts and have spoken with members of his staff. I think he's going to try and keep this upbeat and talk about his accomplishments. I don't think there's been a lot of speculation that he should go after the GOP, but that's not the way he operates. I think he's going to operate the way he always does, and that's trying to build uh, a a coalition of support even across the aisle with Republicans. I would like to see him uh, step up a little bit and challenge the GOP to be less – fewer insurrectionists in the party. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I think the, the, he will address some of the issues that um, people have uh, asked about in the last few days, including the balloon, and uh, and um, so, but it's not going to be a big thing. He's going to spend his time talking about his accomplishments and where he sees this going. It'll be up to the GOP. I've also seen excerpts from <clears throat> the wonderful Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and it's going to be a word salad of baloney uh, spiced with... I'm shocked. And, 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 and uh, may I use the term bullshit? That's what we're going to hear from yeah. her. And so uh, that's where we're at. But I think uh, Biden... runs in the will, family. Yeah. It, I think that, the, the
0: proverbial apple and all.
9: Yes. And he will... I think Biden will deliver the speech that we think he'll deliver. And I think it'll be a solid one.
0: All right. Solid is not enough, but okay. Dean, am I, am I just a hopeless hey. idealist? Oh. Yes, I am.
1: You, you, in, what <laughs> in what way? In what in, way? How are you? I, look, I, I don't know. <laughs> to me, my other fantasy I thought about it now was that he comes out and he announces, we just dropped Marjorie Taylor Greene on Russia, you know, <laughs> like, on their forces. Just, that would be kind of fun. I mean, you must feel bad for the Russians at that point. But by the way, if you guys don't know, Marjorie Green is literally walking on the halls of Congress yes. with the big white balloon, and she's becoming a human meme, which is just great and mocking the whole thing. But look, Joe Biden, this speech is not going to move that many people because I think yeah. the chorus yeah. is going to watch it, and they are inherently not the most exciting, except for the first time a president delivers it. It's between now and and to get he's got to get Democrats engaged and animated, and that's what polling shows. And Democrats are going to come back. I just don't and the one thing I, I took from listeners to my show tonight over and over is if Trump is a nominee, Biden's the perfect guy. If DeSantis is a nominee, Biden's not the right person. That's what I heard over and over and over again. And because of the age gap, you know, he's literally almost double the age. Right now DeSantis is forty four, Biden's eighty. DeSantis Dean, is the scariest guy out there. This
0: this this is this is okay. What my head is already exploding. Better a young fascist than an tell older, tell, tell, I, I, pro-democracy, I, decent human being. I um, mean, geez, this is like where we are. Like, seriously.
1: We could, we could lose to Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis on paper is remarkably impressive. Serving the Navy as an officer, federal prosecutor, Harvard, Yale, all that stuff. Yeah, but
0: he's educated. That's, right. he's very that's right. not good.
1: Tonight he just had a meeting talking about proposing ways to change defamation laws to make it easier to sue yeah. media outlets to silence yeah. them. He's doing what he does over Trump. Trump would tweet about things he didn't like. DeSantis uses state action, far more dangerous, far a whole different level. It is really authoritarian. He hasn't embraced violence yet, which you really need if you want to get into technically fascism. Yeah, there he's an authoritarian authoritarian leader. He is the most dangerous person I've seen. So much more dangerous than Donald Trump.
0: Oh yeah, no no doubt about it. And maybe the media should talk about him in such terms
9: well we're not doing our job don't expect us to do our well, job well
0: you guys never do so that's just that's old hat by now um, <laughs> Norm what else are you looking for I mean we again these these are so uh, scripted I don't typically watch them but you know because it's the first one and it's uh, it's going to be a little bit different from the last one Which I did not watch. You'll be shocked to know. Uh, With. SCOTUS. In the house. You know having having rendered these just disastrous. Anti-American. Anti-democratic decisions over the last year. Kevin McCarthy. In place of Nancy Pelosi. Which is just. And Marjorie Taylor Greene. With her balloon date. I mean. It's. What do you, what are you expecting in terms of the way Biden, if he does it all, kinds of addresses those um, shifts?
7: So another uh, fantasy is that he'll uh, address the uh, the Republicans in the crowd and say, "Okay, I'd like a show of hands. How many of you are packing heat tonight?
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God.
7: Um, But.
0: You or how, or how many of you were smoking? Yeah, because
7: <laughs> that's I mean, not start
6: firing in the air, though. So it's
7: yes. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I'd love to have him call out the court. I do think he is obviously going to address Dobbs, uh, and I would bet he'll spend a little time on the whole notion of uh, freedom of uh, reproductive rights. Um, My guess is that what he's going to do is, in general, besides crowing about these great accomplishments, is trying to be conciliatory. And I know, uh, you know, I've heard from a number of sources that he's going to spend a little time on mental health issues. Some of it, I'm sure, is in response to the pandemic, the suicide threat and all of that. But if I had to guess, my guess is he's going to pick four or five issues like that and say, there's no reason, even if we can't agree on big things like climate change, that we can't make great progress for the American people working together. Um, the other thing I'm going to be looking for, Mary, is just to make sure that at the end of it, everybody is basically saying, you know, for a guy who's over 80, he did pretty well. He's right. alert. He's articulate. He's energetic. Um, I don't want the opposite.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely, especially since uh, there was an op-ed in the New York Times today, saying uh, all about how Biden shouldn't run again. Like, you know, guys, this is not the time.
7: Yeah, shut um, the fuck up.
0: Thank you, Norm. Shut yes, the fuck thank up. You. Absolutely. I mean, Jen, it is just amazing. And this was from a, you know, this was Michelle Goldberg. This yeah. this wasn't. Oh,
3: Michelle wrote that. Yeah. Hi. And I'm like that's that's a what Shanda, you think is the most
6: important. <laughs> yeah. <Consumency laughs> is so powerful. You don't just give oh, no. up. A-
3: a Shanda, I'm going to write a response called the that- Yeah, cuz uh, you know,
0: the other thing and it was like he has a stutter, but you know, some of some of his his slip-ups can't be attributed to that. What do you who what? are you? Are you a neurologist? Like what what is going on here? Like what why don't we talk about the fact that um <laughs> the Republicans are a bunch of fascists, and there's like no, there's no some of them are, some of them are right. There's none of that anymore. And you know, Norm uh used the word conciliatory gen, and that makes my head explode too. Because my I, I'm shocked that my head is still intact, quite honestly. Because you know, a hundred and I always get this number wrong, hundred and forty-seven of the Republicans sitting in that chamber tonight. Are insurrectionists? Why are we being conciliatory towards any and, and the other ones are cool with it? Yeah,
3: you know, I guess the question is, who's the audience?
0: I yeah. I don't know.
3: <laughs> that's I mean, there's and home. the answer to that question is always more than one audience, right? It's kind of like and so the so that's maybe why these things often look like the kitchen sink like there's the sound bite that will be on the morning shows and the night. night shows and then there's talking to the base cuz we're the ones who listen and then there like there's there's just different there's different notes to play and yeah. you know that i think that's a really really difficult thing and so if you can um if you can like Make one person happy without making us go, like, "Oh, gross! Why did you say that?" Then I think it works, right? But the problem the problem is, you know, is it start to be discordant if you're trying to do too many things at once? So to me, the you know the word, you know, so so I think that's hard. I think that's very difficult to accomplish. But I'm just now I did not see Michelle Goldberg's piece, and you know. I know it's her job to to state what her opinion is and she's not, you know, she's a journalist, she's not, you know, supporting one, you know, our party. Um, but I also I you know, I it's just frustrating to me. And I you know, I am though supporting. I'm not a journalist, I'm an ordinary person with opinions and so my opinion is sh- S, you know, shut the fuck up, but she, you know, you know, of course she can say what she's going to say. I,
0: I just think that, you know, she's clearly um on the left you know that's not whatever you know whatever that means when you're an op- she's an opinion writer she's not a straight up reporter and i just think there are other more pressing issues going on right now and i just i just hope this is not about the imaginary middle or sorry i hope the audience for this isn't the imaginary yeah. middle and um i i apologize i can't remember who who brought it up but i also hope that in the back of his head president biden is is remembering that tomorrow this this fascistic new uh oh there we go uh this fascistic new um what's it called oh
3: can we say that i like what she's wearing you can purple, I, if like you it. must if you I must because i do and i don't want to f- have a filter
0: um about nice you, things you know so. uh jim jordan's new committee that is all about um deflecting is, go- is gonna is going to be going after hunter biden for god's sakes you know so pull no punches president biden slash dark brandon pull no punches it looks like it's going to take them a while to get going um So, like, if, guys, for future reference, I know you're totally listening to this, if you mean 920, just say 920. (laughs) I don't think it's too much. Well, he looks alert, doesn't he? (laughs) He That is not, that is not a a strong opening. He looks alert.
3: No, no, but he is. Come on. What you, you you know, as we age, our minds can be working perfectly well, but. But we may not appear that way, and he looks uh, great. He looks healthy. Yes, he does. Unlike like, your uncle, who always looked like a moron, and and uh,
0: that would be an ad hominem attack. And we. I'm a little nervous totally because one of the
7: people
5: standing up there is is George Santos at the end of the row, like Elliot Engel always used to. So.
0: Oh my God.
5: Hopefully, he uh, passes him quickly.
0: Seriously, I hope he just like ignores oh God, yeah. ignores him. Yeah. But um, I was just hoping he was
7: wearing a dress.
0: You know, that at least would be honest. Yeah. Like that's literally the most honest thing he could do at this point. If he showed also up some his roommate
6: stuff to pawn, yeah. that would be even more honest.
0: <laughs> There's not yet been a balloon sighting, so that's good. What
3: I'm very excited for tonight, because so we've all seen what, what's what been put up, obviously the, the facts, factual backgrounds and previews of the speech. I'm very happy with uh, hopefully what he's going to talk about in terms of tax policy, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, sorry. That see, I'll be wide awake for that part. I'm like,
0: <laughs> well, that, that leaves one of us, which is great because we all have our different interests, right? And, We're and all
3: listening for different things, right?
0: That's phenomenal. Um, so I mean, Brian has been updating us. He, he has the, uh, the speech in front of him. So he's been updating us on, um, some of the content and so far, it looks good. Uh, it, I mean, it looks actually pretty comprehensive. Um, but with a lot of this, it 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 also does depend on the attitude <laughs> with which you said. And Adam, I I just I, this has nothing to do with the speech tonight, but um, oh, fentanyl and drugs. Yes, I hope they point out that like you know how Republicans tweet. Can you believe it? Like a hundred billion. Pounds of fentanyl were were seized Jeez. at the border. Like you guys, that's a good thing. That's a good
2: thing. You yeah. Know?
0: Oh my god. But anyway, Adam. Um, this has nothing to do with the speech tonight. Oh, look, Speaker of the House, forever, Nancy Pelosi. Um, if Joe Biden decides to run for a re-election, that is the end of the conversation, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Right. I, I-
5: think so. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's a new article every day where you know a bunch of unnamed consultants are saying one thing or another. But I, I think that you just gotta own it and move forward. And, and I think what Gavin Newsom did is is basically where everybody else will be at.
0: I, I don't. Can you fill me in? Because I've been out well, of Gavin.
10: We're, we're we're
5: talking about the reelection. I mean, Gavin Newsom came out and said, um, you know, despite all the rumors, you know, he uh, President Biden had his full support
0: fabulous yeah, and that awesome. is as Thank it you. should be the idea the fact that this man has to shake kevin mccarthy's hands.
3: well this is gavin Newsom has a future then right yeah later yeah you right.
5: know the crazy right. thing is a lot of people that are still in office right now always said he had absolutely no future because he was one of the first electeds in the country on the democratic side to come out and support of gay marriage like the first right I mean,
0: well, and also he was in a relationship with Kimberly Guilfoyle, but that's a subject. for That years.
6: was a lot worse than
3: Yeah, but he broke up with her. So. All right, here we go. And... Allie,
6: the, or, uh, Allie
5: yeah. Mary, the speech is in your inbox.
0: Growing up, there was nothing better than a bowl of your favorite cereal. And let me tell you, now that I'm a little older, there still isn't. But the sugary stuff just doesn't cut it anymore. That's why I want to tell you about Magic Spoon Cereal. It tastes much better than the boring stuff you see at the supermarket and gives you a great protein boost while still giving you the taste you used to love. It's perfect for the whole family. If I'm not careful, my daughter will eat every single box. That's because Magic Spoon tastes great and each serving contains zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net grams of carbs per serving. Okay, the honey nut flavor has one gram of sugar, but that's absolutely nothing compared to pretty much anything else on the market. That means Magic Spoon is a wholesome, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free way to relive those moments watching your favorite Sunday cartoons, or just to have a great snack in the middle of the day. Plus, it's only 140 calories a serving. It's like there's magic in every spoonful. With over eight unique flavors, you won't get bored of feeling good with Magic Spoon. But if I was forced to pick, which I'm glad I'm not, my favorite would be the Frosted. But they also have other classics like cocoa, peanut butter, and many more, like the very popular birthday cake flavor, which went from limited edition to permanent option. It's the perfect choice for a morning in front of the news or even on a plate so you can snack while you're working at the computer. You can mix and match flavors, and it's a perfect protein boost after walking around the city or getting in a workout. Head to magicspoon.com slash Mary to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. And be sure to use our promo code Mary at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in its product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mary, and use the code Mary to save $5. Thank you Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. You can also find the link in the show notes. Here we go.
1: Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and the distinct honor
6: to present to you the President of the United States.
0: Strong applause. I love nope, how Joe said. Biden loves him. It's very moving.
11: Mr. Speaker.
1: Doug. smile. It's okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Good to see Vice President Harris up there. She's been
11: run through
3: the Is range. this different camera action than we usually see? Yes. It's a lot.
0: Yes. They, they haven't, have they not shackled C-SPAN yet?
11: Mr. Speaker, <laughs> Madam Vice President. Our First Lady and Second Gentleman, good to see you guys up there. <laughs> Members of Congress.
0: I love that we have a Second Gentleman, I have to say. Everybody else does too, apparently.
1: By the way,
11: Chief Justice, I may need a court order. She gets to go to the, the game tomorrow uh, next week. I have to stay home, (laughs) got to work something out here. Members of the cabinet, leaders of our military, Chief Justice, Associate Justice, and retired Justice of the Supreme Court, and to you, my fellow Americans. You know, uh, I start tonight by congratulating 118th Congress, and the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy.
0: 16 votes, Kevin.
5: I threw up a little in my mouth
0: I know, I was. I thought he was going <laughs> to say Marjorie Taylor Greene but he was being polite There's I guess.
11: Speaker, I don't want to ruin your reputation but I look forward to working with you
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was but funny I want to congratulate
11: the new leader of the House Democrats the first African American minority leader in history, Hakeem Jeffries
0: <laughs> I look, Kevin being all polite
3: Oh, he looks really cute. I love that tie.
11: <laughs> oh, he's he's sharp. Oof. He won in spite of the fact I campaigned for him. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> the longest-serving okay, leader okay, in oh, the history of the They're United funny. States Senate, Mitch McConnell. All right, Mitch. Uh, yeah. Did he say, where are you, Mitch? Uh, is he saying where are you, Ben? He can't Did even stand. Wrong? This is how it should be
9: done. Introducing everyone. In- and yeah, in- I know,
11: but- Chuck Schumer. Another, yeah, you're right. But- uh, you know, I know. But is, is it really? Senate minority yes, leader. Back some, I, love know, I, think you, uh, I love it. I love it. This time you have a slightly bigger majority, Mr. Leader, and you're the majority leader. About that much bigger? Yeah, well, yeah I'll one. Tell you what. <laughs> one. I want to give special recognition to someone who I think is going to be considered the greatest speaker in the history of the House of Representatives, oh, Nancy yeah. Pelosi.
2: Yes. I
6: was waiting for that. Awesome.
0: That standing ovation should, should last for an hour.
3: Oh, my God. Amazing. The Republicans not standing.
11: Even
0: the Republicans, right? Good. A lot of them
11: said the it. story of America is the story of progress and resilience, of always moving forward, of never, ever giving up. It's a story unique among all nations. We're the only country that has emerged from every crisis we've ever entered stronger than we got into it. Look, folks, that's what we're doing again. Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs, more jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years because of you all, (laughs) because of the American people.
2: Ago.
11: And two years, years ago, COVID had shut down, our businesses were closed, our schools were robbed of so much, and today, COVID no longer controls our lives. And two years ago, democracy faced its greatest threat to the Civil War, and today, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. <laughs>
7: Governor McCarthy can't even applaud
4: for that. I, I seriously, like that.
9: Well, don't expect much out of him. He's barely sentient.
11: We're yeah. writing the next <laughs> chapter of the great American story, a story of progress and resilience. When world leaders ask me to define America, and they do, believe it or not. I can define it in one word, and I mean this, possibilities. We don't think anything is beyond our capacity. Everything is a possibility. You're know, often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together, but over the past two years, we have proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. Yes, we disagreed plenty, and yes, there were times when Democrats went alone. But time and again, Democrats and Republicans came together, came together to defend a stronger and safer Europe. It came together to pass one in a gen- one in a generation, once in a generation infrastructure law building bridges connecting our nation and our people. We came together to pass the most significant law ever, helping victims exposed to toxic burn pits. And in fact... Kevin McCarthy can't even
7: applaud for helping victims of toxic I, burn I, pits.
0: It, it, it is funny. just the pettiness. Even Boebert yeah. and Gates are. Yeah.
9: And in fact...
11: You see, McCarthy thinks that's his by he even he is to be a dick from reauthorizing yeah. the violence against women act. The, the electoral uh, count. Hold, uh, hold on, hold on. Shh. Don't talk right over it to point. marry the person you love. And to my Republican friends, if we could work together, the last Congress. There's no reason we can't work together and find consensus on important things in this Congress as well.
1: I
2: Thank.
11: You all are as funny as I am, but I think the people sent us a clear message. Fighting for the sake of fighting, power for the sake of power, conflict for the sake of conflict gets us nowhere. That's always been my vision of our country, and I know it's many of yours, to restore the soul of this nation, to rebuild the backbone of America, America's middle class, and to unite the country. We've been sent here to finish the job, in my view. For decades, the middle class has been hollowed out. In more than—and not no one administration—but for a long time, too many good-paying manufacturing jobs move overseas. Factories closed down. Once thriving cities and towns that many of you represent became shadows of what they used to be. Along the way, something else we lost: pride, our sense of self-worth. I ran for president to fundamentally change things. To make sure our economy works for everyone so we can all feel that pride in what we do. To build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out, not from the top down, because when the middle class does well, the poor have a ladder up, and the wealthy still do very well. We all do well.
2: repudiating ronald,
11: ronald reagan you're always quoting my dad my dad picture, used to Bernie. say joey a job's about a lot more than a paycheck he really would say this it's about a lot more than a paycheck it's about your dignity it's about respect it's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say honey it's going to be okay and mean it well folks so let's look at the results we're not finished yet by any stretch of the imagination, but unemployment rate is at 3.4%, a 50-year low. <laughs> well, who could applaud that? Not a Republican. Yeah, none of wrong with these people?
6: Uh, we're not. And there and she is. Unemployment
11: for Black and Hispanic workers. We've already created, your help, 800,000 good-paying manufacturing jobs, the fastest growth in 40 years
1: it's just astonishing
11: where is it written that America can't lead the world in manufacturing and I don't know where that's written for too many decades we imported projects and exported jobs now thanks to what you've all done we're exporting American products and creating American jobs (laughs) folks inflation Inflation has been a global problem because the pandemic disrupt- disrupted our supply chains, and Putin's unfair and brutal war in Ukraine disrupted en- energy supplies as well as food supplies, blocking all that grain in Ukraine. But we're better positioned than any country on Earth right now. But we have more to do. But here at home, inflation is coming down. Here at home, gas prices are down a dollar from their peak. Food inflation is coming down—not fast enough, but coming down. Inflation has fallen every month for the last six months, while take-home pay has gone up. Additionally, over the last two years, a record 10 million Americans applied to start new businesses—10 million. Uh, That's way, GOP will cool. Every time, every time someone starts oh a small business, is an act of hope. And Madam Vice President, I want to thank you for leading that effort to ensure the small businesses have access to capital and the historic laws we enacted that are going to just come into being. Standing here last year, I shared with you a story of American genius and possibilities, semiconductors, small computer chips the size of a fingerprint that power everything, our cell phones, automobiles, and so much more. These chips were invented in America. Let's get that straight. They were invented in America. We used to make 40% of the world's chips. In the last several decades, we lost our edge. We're down to only producing 10%. We all saw what happened during the pandemic when chip factories shut down overseas. Today's automobiles need 3,000 chips each of those automobiles. But American automobiles couldn't make enough cars because there weren't enough chips. Car prices went up. People got laid off. So did everything from refrigerators to cell phones. We can never let that happen again. That's why. That's why we came together to pass the Bipartisan Chips and Science Act.
0: Kevin McCarthy's plotting, but I think it's just because he think he's talking about potato chips. And by the way, J.D. Vance is a senator. I know
11: i going for saying this, but I'm not changing my voice. Throw up again. We're going to make go sure the supply bill. chain for America Sorry, Norm. begins I in America. I saw him a couple blocks away the from The supply chain era. begins in America. I pulled back from saying right. to We've already created. We've already created 800,000 new manufacturing jobs without this law, before the law get, k- kicks in. With this new law, we're gonna create hundreds of thousands of new jobs across the country. And I mean, all across the country, throughout not just the coast, but through the middle of the country as well. That's gonna come from companies that have announced more than $300 billion in investment in American manufacturing over the next few years. Outside of Columbus, Ohio, Intel is building semiconductor factories on a 1,000 acres, literally a field of dreams it's going to create 10,000 jobs at one investment, 7,000 construction jobs, 3,000 jobs in those factories once they're finished. They call them factories. Jobs paying an average of $130,000 a year, and many do not require a college degree. This is what we announced last year, by the way, that would be coming. Oh, Ted has a sad... Because we work together, these jobs, people don't have to leave home to search for opportunity. It's just getting started. Think about the new homes, the small businesses, the the medium-sized businesses. So much more that's going to be needed to support those those 3,000 permanent jobs and the factories that are going to be built. Talk to mayors and governors, Democrats and Republicans, and they'll tell you what this means for their communities. We're seeing these fields of dreams transform to the heartland. But to maintain the strongest economy in the world, we need the best infrastructure in the world. <laughs> and folks, as you all know, we there used to be number one in the world infrastructure. We've sunk to 13th in the world. The United States of America, 13th. In the world, in infrastructure, modern infrastructure. But now we're coming back because we came together and passed the bipartisan infrastructure law, the largest investment in infrastructure since President Eisenhower's interstate highway system.
9: And the Republicans ran on it in the midterms, although they, they voted against it. Yeah, luckily they still didn't
11: win. Already we, no. well, we funded over 20,000 projects, yeah. including major airports from Boston to Atlanta to Portland. Projects that are going to put thousands of people to work, rebuilding our highways, our bridges, our railroads, our tunnels, ports, airports, clean water, high-speed Internet, all across America. Urban, rural, tribal. And folks, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. He's crushing And I mean it sincerely. I want to thank my Republican friends who voted for the law. And my Republican friends who voted against it as well. But I'm still, I, I still get asked to fund the projects in those districts as well. But don't worry. <laughs> I promised I'd be a president for all Americans. We'll fund these projects. And I'll see you at the groundbreaking. <laughs>
0: wow. He's doing like, ridiculously well.
11: Let's <laughs> Kevin
2: McCarthy
11: It is just dumb. all of America. Projects like Brent Spence Bridge in Kentucky, over the Ohio River, built 60 years ago. Badly needed repairs. One of the nation's most congested freight routes, carrying $2 That's billion of freight every I was single to take day across the Ohio River. <laughs> and folks, I've been talking about fixing it for decades. Yeah. But we're really finally going to get it done. Yes. I went there last month with Democrats and Republicans, and from both states, to deliver a commitment of $1.6 billion for this project. And while I was there, I met a young woman named Sarah, who's here tonight, I don't know where Sarah is, is she up in the box? I don't know. Sarah, how are you? Well, Sarah, for 30 years, <laughs> for 30 years, I learned, she told me she'd been a proud member of the Iron Workers Local 44, known as known as the Cowboys in the Sky. That's so cool. Good for her. The folks who built built Cincinnati's skyline. Sarah said she can't wait to be 10 stories above the Ohio River building that new bridge. God bless her. That's pride. And that's we're also building. We're building back pride. Look, we're also replacing poisonous lead pipes that go into 10 million homes in America, 400,000 school and child care centers. So every child in America, every child in America can drink the water instead of having permanent damage to their brain. Look, we're making sure. Well, that would really the
2: Republicans.
11: We're making sure that every community. Every community in America has access to affordable, high-speed Internet. No parent should have to drive by McDonald's parking lot to help them do their homework online or their kids, which many thousands were doing across the country. And when yeah. we do these projects, and again, I get criticized for this, but I make no excuses for it, we're going to buy American. We're going to buy American. Folks. And it's totally, it's totally consistent with international trade rules. Why America has been the law since 1933? But for too long, past administrations, Democrat and Republican, have fought to get around it. Not anymore. Tonight, I'm announcing new standards that require all construction materials used in federal infrastructure projects to be made in America. That is great. Yeah, good so day. good.
3: Yes. So
0: I made mean it. What
3: Show word. the Republicans pouting. <laughs> he is annual. exceeding my expectations American here. American roads, bridges,
11: and American highways are going to be made with American He's products as well, you. folks. My economic plan is about investing in places and people that have been forgotten. So many of you listening to me tonight, I know you feel it. So many of you felt like you've just simply been forgotten. Mid the economic upheaval of the past four decades, too many people have been left behind and treated like they're invisible. Maybe that's you watching from home. Remember the jobs that went away. You remember them, don't you? The folks at home remember them. You wonder whether the path even exists anymore for your children to get ahead without having to move away. Well, that's why I get that. That's why we're building an economy where no one's left behind. Jobs are coming back. Pride is coming back. Because choices we made in the last several years. You know, this is my view, a blue collar blueprint to rebuild America. The speech make a real difference in your lives at home. For example, too many of you Great line. Lay in bed at night like my dad did staring at the ceiling wondering what in God names happens if, this, if your spouse gets cancer or your child gets deadly ill or something happens to you. What, are you going to get money to pay for those medical bills? Or are you going to have to sell the house or try to get a second mortgage on it? I get it. I get it. With the Inflation Reduction Act that I signed into law, we're taking on powerful interest to bring health care costs down so you can sleep better at night with more security. You know, we pay more for prescription drugs than any nation in the world. Let me say it again. We pay more for prescription drugs than any major nation on Earth. For example, one in 10 Americans has diabetes. Many of you in this chamber do, and in the audience. But every day, millions need insulin to control their diabetes. So they can literally stay alive. Insulin's been around for over a hundred years.
2: I love Giant that really of all... didn't even patent
11: it because he wanted it to be available for everyone. It cost the drug companies roughly ten dollars a vial to make that insulin, packaging and all. You may get up to thirteen dollars, but Big Pharma has been unfairly charging people hundreds of dollars, four to five hundred dollars a month, making record profits. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore.
7: <clears throat> I'll mention the EpiPen and see if Joe Manchin stands up.
11: Many things that we did <laughs> are only now coming to fruition. We said we were doing this, and we said we passed the law to do it, but people didn't know because the law didn't take effect until January one of this year. We capped the cost of insulin at thirty five dollars a month for seniors on Medicare.
2: Norm, that was hysterical.
11: People are just. And tragic, know. but
2: it's so hysterical.
11: I'm sure you're getting the same calls I'm getting. Look, there are millions of other Americans who do not or are not on Medicare including 200,000 young people with type 1 diabetes and need this insulin to stay alive. Let's finish the job this time. Let's cap the cost of insulin for everybody at $35.
7: No applause, Kevin.
0: I know I shouldn't be surprised,
11: but like what is wrong with these people? These yeah. broken the big people. They're still gonna do very well, I promise y'all.
9: You, you said it. They're I broken. I promise
11: you they're gonna do very well. This law, so, this law also caps and won't even go into effect until 2025 it costs out-of-pocket drug costs for seniors on Medicare at a maximum of $2,000 a year. You don't have to pay more than $2,000 a year no matter how much your drug costs are.
0: Still a lot of you money. You know
11: why? You all know it. Many of you, like many in my family, have cancer. You know the drugs can range from $10, 11 14 $15,000 for the cancer drugs. If drug prices rise faster than inflation, drug companies are going to have to pay Medicare back the difference. <laughs> we're, finally, we're finally giving Medicare the power to negotiate drug prices, bringing down Bringing down prescription drug costs doesn't just save seniors' money; it cuts the federal deficit by billions of dollars,
7: by hundreds of billions of dollars.
11: Oh, yes! Because these prescription drugs are drugs purchased by Medicare to make keep their commitment to the seniors. Well, guess what? Instead of paying four or five hundred bucks a month, you're paying fifteen. That's a lot of savings for the federal government. And by the way, why wouldn't we want that? Now some members here are threatening, and I know it's not an official party position, so I'm not going to exaggerate, but threatening to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. As my coach, that's okay, that's fair. As my football coach used to say, lots of luck in your senior year. <laughs> <laughs> That's mistake. If you try to raise the cost of presuming jobs, I will veto it. <laughs> Look, I'm pleased to say the more Americans have the health insurance now than ever in history. A record 16 million people are enrolled in the Affordable Care Act. And thanks. Thanks for the law I signed last year, saving millions or saving $800 a year on their premiums. And by the way, that law was written and the benefit expires in 2025. So my plea to some of you, at least in this audience, let's finish the job and make these savings permanent. Expand coverage of Medicaid. What is she
1: wearing?
2: Look,
11: the Inflation Reduction oh, yeah. Act is also the most significant investment ever in climate Sorry. change, ever. Lowering utility bills, creating American jobs, leading the world to a clean energy future. I visited the devastating aftermath of record floods, droughts, storms, and wildfires from Arizona to Mexico to all the way up to the Canadian border. More timber has been burned, that I've observed from helicopters, than the entire state of Missouri. And we don't have global warming? Not a problem. (laughs) In addition to emergency recovery, from Puerto Rico to Florida to Idaho, we're rebuilding for the long term. New electric grids that are able to weather major storms and not prevent those forest fires. Roads and water systems will withstand the next big flood. Clean energy to cut pollution and create jobs in communities often left behind. We're going to build 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations installed across the country by tens of thousands of IBW workers. And we're helping families save more than $1,000 a year with tax credits to purchase electric vehicles and efficient, efficient appliances, energy efficient appliances. Historic conservation efforts to be responsible stewards of our land. Let's face reality. The climate crisis doesn't care if you're in a red or blue state. It's an existential threat. We have an obligation, not to ourselves, but to our children and grandchildren to confront it. I'm proud of how how America, at last, is stepping up to the challenge. We're still going to need oil and gas for a while. But guess what? No, we do. But there's so much more to do. We've got to finish the job. We pay for these investments in our future by finally making the wealthiest and biggest corporations begin to pay their fair share. Just begin. Look, I'm a capitalist. I'm a capitalist, but pay your fair share. I think a lot of you at home, A lot of you at home agree with me and many people that you know, the tax system is not fair. It is not fair. Look, the idea that in 2020, 55 of the largest corporations in America, the Fortune 500, made $40 billion in profits and paid zero in federal taxes? Zero? Folks, simply not fair. <laughs> <I> <laughs>
2: but know. now,
11: because of the law I signed, billion dollar companies have to pay a minimum of 15%. God forbid. 15%. That's less than a nurse pays. <laughs> and I need to be crystal clear I said at the very beginning, Under my plans, as long as I'm president, nobody earning less than $400,000 will pay an additional penny in taxes. Nobody, not one penny. But let's finish the job. There's more to do. We have to reward work, not just wealth. Pass my proposal for the billionaire minimum tax. You know, there's 1,000 billionaires in America. It's up from about 600 in the beginning of the term. But no billionaire should be paying a lower tax rate than a schoolteacher or firefighter. Oh, I mean it. Think about Amen. it. Amen.
0: Who could argue with that?
2: All, All Republicans. All and
11: 22 members of the House.
2: And Looking and them at them. No, no, no,
11: enthusiastic about that, but think about it. Think about it. Have you noticed Big Oil just reported his profits? record profits. Last year, they made $200 billion in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, well, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed.
0: What is wrong with Kevin the McCarthy? Like, he's such a horrible.
11: He has like production. empty shark eyes, like he's about to if bite. they had, in fact, invested in the production to keep gas prices down, instead they used the record profits to buy back their own stock, rewarding the CEOs and shareholders. Corporations ought to do the right thing. That's why I propose we quadruple the tax on corporate stock buybacks and encourage long, long-term investments. They'll still make considerable profit. Happy, gentlemen? the job and close the loophole to allow very wealthy to avoid paying their taxes. Instead of cutting the number of audits for wealthy taxpayers, I just signed a law to reduce the deficit by $114 billion by cracking down on wealthy tax cheats. That's being fiscally responsible. You'll mention well, Donald Trump's around. My administration has cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. <laughs> Under the previous administration, the American deficit went up four years in a row because those record deficits, no president, added more to the national debt in any four years than my predecessor. Uh. Nearly 25% of the entire national debt that took over 200 years to accumulate. This is part of my speech By just one administration alone, the last one. They're the facts. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> That's gonna become a meme. Check it out. They did the right thing. They lifted the debt ceiling three times without preconditions or crisis. They paid you, American Jeff. bills to prevent an economic disaster in the country. So tonight I'm asking the Congress to follow suit Let's commit here tonight to the full faith and credit of the United States of America will never ever be questioned. So, my many, some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. Unless I agree to their economic plans, all of you at home should know what those plans are. (laughs) Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Let me give this is what I want.
11: Me too. This is to, excellent. Contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you, you a balloon proposal. Girl.
2: Fuck her.
11: That means Congress doesn't I get... Prefer not to. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell That's you, I, I enjoy conversion. Pretty. You know, <laughs> it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant but it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not, politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks, the Have idea to move. is that we're not, gonna be, crowd, we're, we're not gonna be moved into being threatened to default on the dead if we don't respond. <laughs> folks.
0: Oh, Mike Lee, go fuck yourself.
11: So folks, as we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the off the books now right They're not the books.
6: <laughs> Stop, Oh he suckered them in. Oh, <laughs> well
3: played, well
0: played.
3: <laughs> holy shit he's good he's
2: good
6: <laughs> he's so good him. and they're so bad it's, <laughs> look at Evan, America, mccarthy's like, like sighing mean, beautiful all right, all right all
11: right very first paycheck they started so tonight let's all agree and we currently are let's stand up for seniors Kevin <laughs> <laughs> mccarthy stands up and the stand up and show them we will not cut Social Security. We will not cut Medicare. Those Medicaid. benefits belong to the American people. They earned it. And if anyone tries to cut Social Security, which apparently no one's going to do, <laughs> if anyone tries to cut Medicare, I'll stop them. I'll veto it. And look, I'm not going to allow them to take away, be taken away. Not today. Not tomorrow. Not ever. But apparently, it's not going to be a problem. <laughs> Next month. When I offer my fiscal man. plan. I ask my I friends it. to lay down their plan as well. I really mean it. Let's sit down together and discuss our mutual plans together.
4: Look at Campbell Goldberg. You
3: that. don't think he's sharp enough? Even, right? This guy's this on his guy feet. I want running for he's real. on his feet. So good. He's at the top of his I game. Come you. on, people.
11: The plan I'm going to show, you're going to cut the deficit by another $2 trillion. And it won't cut a single bit of Medicare or Social Security. In fact, we're going to extend the Medicare trust fund at least two decades because that's going to be the next argument. How do we make, keep it solvent, right? Well, we'll not raise tax on anyone making under 400 grand, but we'll pay for it the way we talked about it by making sure that the wealthy and big corporations pay their fair share. Look, 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 Here, here's the deal. They aren't just taking advantage of the tax code. They're taking advantage of you, the American consumer. Here's my message to all of you out there. I have your back. We're already preventing Americans from receiving surprise medical bills, stopping $1 billion surprise bills per month so far. We're protecting seniors' life savings by cracking down on nursing homes that commit fraud, endanger patient safety, prescribe drugs that are not needed. Millions of Americans can now save thousands of dollars because they can finally get a hearing aid over-the-counter without a prescription. Look, capitalism, without competition is not capitalism. It's extortion. It's exploitation. Last year, I cracked down with the help of many of you on foreign shipping companies that were making you pay higher prices for every good coming into the country. I signed a bipartisan bill that cut shipping costs by 90%, helping American farmers, businessmen, and consumers. Let's finish the job. Pass the bipartisan legislation to strengthen strengthen antitrust enforcement and and prevent big online platforms from giving their own. Antitrust antitrust
2: antitrust. enforcement.
11: Well, I hope it extends to the media. A big kiss to Jen.
0: You're such a nerd, Jen. My is it's just the business law
3: stuff,
11: my love. Those hidden surcharges too many companies use to make you pay more. For example, we're making airlines show you the full ticket price up front. Refund your money if Jump your flight fees. is canceled or delayed. We've reduced exorbitant bank overdrafts by saving consumers more than one billion dollars a year. We're cutting credit card late fees by 75% from $30 to $8. Look, junk fees may not matter to very wealthy, but they matter to most other folks in homes like the one I grew up in, like many of you did. They add up to hundreds of dollars a month. They make it harder for you to pay your bills or afford that family trip. I know how unfair it feels when a company overcharges you and gets away with it. Not anymore. We've written a bill to stop it all. It's called the Junk Fee Prevention Act. We're going to ban surprise resort fees that hotels charge on your bill. Those fees can cost you up to $90 a night at hotels that aren't even resorts.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
11: <laughs> we, <laughs> the idea
2: oh, that, that cable,
11: internet, and cell phone companies can charge you $200 or more if you decide to switch to another provider. Give me a break. We can stop service fees on tickets to concerts and sporting events and make companies disclose all the fees up front. And we'll prohibit airlines from charging $50 round trip for family just to be able to sit together. Baggage fees are bad enough. Airlines can't treat your child like a piece of baggage. Americans mm. are tired of, being. We're tired of being played for suckers. I love that line. Pass the Jump Free Prevention Act so companies stop ripping us off. For too long, workers have been getting stiffed, but not anymore. We're getting we're beginning to restore the dignity of work. For example, I I, I should have known this, but I didn't until two years ago. That's for 30 Sharon. Thirty million workers have to sign non-compete agreements with the jobs they take. Thirty million. So a cashier at a burger place can't walk across town and take the same job at another burger place and make a few bucks more. It just changed. But they just changed it because we exposed it. That was part of the deal, guys. Look it up. But not anymore. We're banning those agreements so companies have to compete for workers and pay them what they're worth. He handles hecklers pretty well. This is bound together in response my friends on my left with the right. I'm so sick and tired of companies breaking the law by preventing workers from organizing. Pass the PRO Act. Because business have a right. Workers have a right to form a union. And let's guarantee all workers have a living wage. Let's make sure working parents can afford to raise a family with sick days, paid family medical leave, affordable child care. Yeah, let's
0: not applaud that. That's going to
11: enable millions of more people to go and stay at work. And let's restore the full child tax credit, which gave tens of millions of parents some breathing room and cut child poverty in half to the lowest level in history. And by the way, when we do all these things, we increase productivity. We increase economic growth. So let's finish the job and get more families access to affordable, quality housing. Let's get seniors who want to stay in their homes, the care they need to do so. Let's give more breathing room to millions of family caregivers looking after their loved ones. Pass my plan so we get seniors and people with disabilities the home care and services they need. And support the workers who are doing God's work. These plans are fully paid for, and we can afford to do them. Restoring the dignity of work means making education an affordable ticket to the middle class. You know, when we made public education, 12 years of it universal in the last century, we made the best educated, best paid, we became the best educated, best paid nation in the world. But the rest of the world's caught up. It's caught up. Jill, my wife, who teaches full time, has an expression, I hope I get it right, kid. Any nation that out-educates us is gonna out-compete us. Any nation that out-educates is gonna out-compete us. Folks, we all know 12 years of education is not enough to win the economic competition of the 21st century. You wanna have the best educated workforce, let's finish the job. By providing access to preschool for three and four years old. Studies show that children who go to preschool are nearly 50% more likely to finish high school and go on to earn a two- or four-year degree, no matter their background they came from. Let's give public school teachers a raise. He's hitting the right notes, baby. Yeah. And well, doing them well. Making progress. I'm like, I'm gobsmacked. I'm students, still awake. Increasing Pell grants for working in middle-class families. Let's finish the job. And That's the criterion. Students to career opportunities starting in high school. Provide access to two years of community college. The best career training in America, in addition to being a pathway to a four-year degree. Let's offer every American a path to a good career, whether they go to college or not. And folks,
9: what is that yellow? Folks, in the midst the of the COVID crisis,
11: when schools were closed and we were shutting down everything, let's recognize how far we came in the fight against the pandemic itself. While the virus is not gone, thanks to the resilience of the American people and the ingenuity of medicine, we've broken the COVID grip on us. COVID deaths are down by ninety percent. We've saved millions of lives and opened up our country. We opened our country back up. And soon we'll end the public health emergency. But that's called a public health emergency. But we'll remember the toll and pain that's never going to go away. More than a million Americans lost their lives to COVID. A million. Families grieving. Children orphaned. Empty chairs at the dining room table constantly reminding you that she used to sit there. Remembering them, we remain vigilant. We still need to monitor dozens of variants and support new vaccines and treatments. So Congress needs to fund these efforts and keep America safe. And as we emerge from this crisis stronger, we're also got to double down on prosecuting criminals who stole relief money meant to keep workers and small businesses
1: afloat. (laughs)
7: Including
11: members of Congress.
3: Oh gosh, Merrick stood up, yeah. I'll see it when I believe it.
11: Oh, I didn't say that. Shoot. it's okay. Before I came to office, you remember, during that campaign, the big issue was about Inspector Generals who would protect taxpayers' dollars who were sidelined. They were fired. Many people said we don't need them. And fraud became rampant. Last year, I told you the watchdogs are back. Since then, since then, we've recovered billions of taxpayers' dollars. Now let's triple the anti-fraud strike force going after these criminals, double the statute of limitations on these crimes, and crack down on identity fraud by criminal syndicates stealing billions of dollars, billions of dollars from the American people. And the data shows that for every dollar we put in fighting fraud, the taxpayer get back at least ten times as much. It matters. It matters. Look, COVID left its scars, like the spike in violent crime in 2020, the first year of the pandemic. We have an obligation to make sure all people are safe. Public safety depends on public trust, as all of us know. But too often that trust is violated. Join us tonight are the parents of Tyree Nichols. Welcome. We had to bury Tyree last week. As many of you personally know, There's no words to describe the heartache or grief of losing a child. But imagine. Imagine if you lost that child at the hands of the law. Imagine having to worry whether your son or daughter came home from walking down the street, playing in the park, or just driving a car. Most of us in here have never had to have the talk, the talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashley, my children, I never had to have the talk with them. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, turn your interior lights on right away. Don't reach for your license. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Imagine having to worry like that every single time your kid got in a car. Here's what Tyree's mother shared with me when I spoke to her when I ask her how she finds the courage to carry on and speak out. The faith of God, she said her son was, quote, a beautiful soul, and something good will come of this. Imagine how much courage and carry that takes. It's up to us, to all of us. We all want the same thing, neighborhoods free of violence. Law enforcement, law enforcement who earns the community's trust. Just as every cop, when they pin on that badge in the morning, has a right to be able to go home at night, so does everybody else out there. Our children have a right to come home safely. Equal protection under the law is a covenant we have with each other in America. We know police officers put their lives on the line every single night and day, and we know we ask them in many cases to do too much to be counselors, social workers, psychologists, responding to drug overdoses, mental health crises, and so much more. In one sense, we ask much too much of them. I know most cops and their families are good, decent, honorable people—the vast majority. But they risk. And they risk their lives every time they put that shield on. But what happened to Tyree in Memphis happens too often. We have to do better. Give law enforcement the real training they need. Hold them to higher standards. Help them succeed in keeping us safe. We also need more first responders and professionals to address the growing mental health substance abuse challenges. (laughs) More resources reduce violent crime and gun crime more community intervention programs, more investment in housing, education, and job training. All this can help prevent violence in the first place. When police officers or police departments violate the public trust, they must be held accountable. With the support, With the support of the families of victims, civil rights groups, and law enforcement, I signed an executive order for all federal officers banning chokeholds, restricting no-knock warrants, and other key elements of the George Floyd Act. Let's commit ourselves to make the words of Tyler's mom true. Something good must come from this. Something good. (laughs) <laughs> and all of us, all of us, <laughs> folks, it's difficult, but it's simple, all of us in, the cha- in this chamber. We need to rise to this moment. We can't turn away. Let's do what we know in our hearts, that we need to do. Let's come together to finish the job on police reform. Do something. Do something. That was the plea of parents who lost their children in Uvalde. I met with every one of them. Do something about gun violence. Thank God. Thank God we did. Passing the most sweeping gun safety law in three decades. That includes things like that the majority of responsible gun owners already support, enhanced background checks for 18 to 21 years old, red flag laws keeping guns out of the hands of people who are a danger to themselves and others. But we know our work is not done. Join us tonight is Brandon Say, a 26-year-old hero. Brandon put his college dreams on hold to be at his mom's side. His mom sighed when she was dying from cancer. And Brandon... Brandon now works at the dance studio, started by his grandparents. And two weeks ago, during the Lunar New Year celebrations, he heard the studio door close. He saw a man standing there pointing, semi-automatic pistol at him he thought he was going to die but he thought about the people inside in that instant he found the courage to act and wrestle the semi-automatic pistol away from the gunman who had already killed 11 people in another dance studio 11 he saved lives it's time we do the same banned assault weapons now Ban them now Damn. In 10 years, that ban was law and mass shootings went down. After we let it expire in the Republican administration, mass shootings tripled. Let's finish the job and ban these assault weapons. And let's also come together on immigration. Make it a bipartisan issue once again. We we now have a record number of personnel working to secure the border, arresting 8,000 human smugglers, seizing over 23,000 pounds of fentanyl in just the last several months. We've launched a new border plan last month. Unlawful migration from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela has come down 97% as a consequence of that. But American border problems won't be fixed until Congress acts if we don't pass my comprehensive immigration reform, let at least pass my plan to provide the equipment and officers to secure the border. And a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those on temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. Here in the People's House, it's our duty to p- protect all the people's rights and freedoms. Congress must restore the right and the Congress must restore the right that was taken away in Roe v. Wade and protect Roe v. Wade. Give every woman a
2: consular
11: right. damn see, it. Exact right. access to reproductive. Healthcare. Clearly, I was the and audience for the speech. That I realized he is We're not playing no these people. He is rich from a Make no mistake about it. If Congress passes a national ban, I will veto it. But let's also pass. Let's also pass the Bipartisan Equality Act, to ensure LGBTQ Americans, especially transgender young people, can live with safety and dignity. Our
9: strength
11: Our strength is not just the example of our power, but the power of our example. Let's remember the world's watching. I spoke in this chamber one year ago, just days after Vladimir Putin unleashed his brutal attack against Ukraine. A murderous assault, evoking images of death and destruction Europe suffered in World War II. Putin's invasion has been a test for the ages, a test for America, a test for the world. Would we stand for the most basic of principles? Would we stand for sovereignty? We stand for the right of people to live free of tyranny? Would we stand for the defense of democracy? For such defense matters to us because it keeps peace and prevents open season on would-be aggressive and threatens our prosperity. One year later, we knew the answer. Yes, we would. And we did. We did. To that? And together, we did what America always does at our best. We led. We united NATO. We built a global coalition. We stood against Putin's aggression. We stood with the Ukrainian people to tonight. We're once again joined by Ukrainians ambassador to the United States. She represents not her, just her nation, but the courage of her people. Ambassador, is, our ambassador is here, united, we're in, united in our support of your country. Will you stand so we can all take a look at you? we
9: we'll hand of the next year.
2: We're going to stand with you
1: as long as it takes. Our
11: nation is working for more freedom, more dignity, more more peace, not just in Europe, but everywhere. Before I came to office, the story was about how the People's Republic of China was increasing its power and America was failing in the world. Not anymore. We made clear, and I made clear in my personal conversations, which have been many, with President Xi, that we seek competition, not conflict, but I will make no apologies that we're investing to make America stronger. Investing in American innovation and industries that will define the future that China intends to be dominating. Investing in our alliances and working with our allies to protect advanced technologies so they will not be used against us. Modernizing our military to safeguard stability and deter aggression. Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anywhere else in the world, and I'm committed. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it: as we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. One that. Let's be clear. Winning the competition should unite all of us. We face serious challenges across the world. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. America's rallying the world to meet those challenges from climate to global health to food insecurity, food to terrorism, security. to, terrorism, to territorial that? aggression. Allies, Allies are stepping, are stepping up, spending up, spending more, and doing more. He well, means
9: no one's siding with China. They're siding with us. The
11: bridges were forming between partners in the Pacific and those in the Atlantic. And those who bet against America are learning how wrong they are. It's never, ever been a good bet to bet against America. Never. <laughs> When I came to office, most assured that bipartisanship assumed was impossible, but never believed it. That's why a year ago I offered a unity agenda to the nation as I stood here. We made real progress together. We passed the law making it easy for doctors to prescribe effective treatments for opioid addiction. We passed the gun safety law making historic investments in mental health. We launched the ARPA H drive for breakthrough in the fights against cancer, Alzheimer's, and diabetes, and so much more. We passed the Heath Robinson Pact Act, named after the late Iraq War veteran whose story about exposure to toxic burn kits I shared here last year.
9: There you go. These are all bipartisan efforts that they should cheer.
11: I understand something about those burn pits, but there's so much more to do. We can do it together. Joining us tonight is a father named Doug from Newton, New Hampshire. He wrote Jill, my wife, a letter, and me as well, about his courageous daughter, Courtney. A contagious laugh, his sister's best friend, her sister's best friend. He shared a story all too familiar to millions of Americans and many of you in the audience. Courtney discovered pills in high school, it spiraled into addiction and eventually death from a fentanyl overdose. She was just 20 years old. Describing the last eight years without her, Doug said, there's no worse pain. Yet their family has turned pain to purpose, working to end the stigma and change laws. He told us he wants to start a journey toward American recovery. Doug, we're with you. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. You got it. So let's launch a major surge to stop fentanyl production in
2: the sale and trafficking.
11: trafficking with more drug detection machines, inspection cargo, stop pills and powder at the border. Working with couriers like FedEx to inspect more packages for drugs. Strong penalties to crack down on fentanyl trafficking. Second, let's do more on mental health, especially for our children. When millions of young people are struggling with bullying, violence, trauma, we owe them greater access to mental health care at their schools. We must finally hold social media companies accountable for experimenting their doing running children for profit. There's time to pass bipartisan legislation to stop big tech from collecting personal data on our kids and teenagers online. Fan targeted advertising to children and impose stricter limits on the personal data that companies collect on all of us. Third, let's do more to keep this nation's one truly sacred obligation, to equip those we send into harm's way and care for them and their families when they come home. Job training, job placement for veterans and their spouses as they come to return to civilian life. Helping veterans afford the rent because no one should be homeless in America, especially someone who served the country.
9: I'm just wait to see what Sarah
11: Sanders said, it's going to be a joke. He's killing it. Dennis McDonough, Dennis McDonough is here, in the VA. We had a first real discussion when I asked him to take the job. I'm glad he did. We were losing up to 25 veterans a day on suicide. Now we're losing 17 a day. The silent scourge of suicide: 17 veterans a day are committing suicide. More than all the people being killed in the wars. Folks, VA is doing everything it can, including expanding mental health screening, proven programs that recruits veterans to help other veterans understand what they're going through, get them the help they need. We got to do more. And fourth. Last year, Jill and I reignited the cancer moonshot that I was able to start with President Obama asked me to lead our administration on this issue. Our goal is to cut the cancer death rates at least by 50% in the next 25 years, turn more cancers from death sentences to treatable diseases, provide more support for patients and their families. It's personal to so many of us, so many of us in this audience. Joining us. For Morris and Candice, an Irishman and a daughter of immigrants from Panama. They met and fell in love in New York City and got married in the same chapel Jill and I got married in New York City. Kindred spirits. He wrote us a letter about his little daughter, Ava, and I saw her just before I came over. She was just a year old when she was diagnosed with rare kidney disease, cancer. After 26 blood transfusions, 11 rounds of radiation, eight rounds of chemo, one kidney removed, given a 5% survival rate. He wrote how in the darkest moments he thought, if she goes, I can't stay. Many of you have been through that as well. and I understand that like so many of you. He read Jill's book describing our family's cancer journey and how we tried to steal moments of joy where we could with both. For them, that glimmer of joy was the half smile of their baby girl. It meant everything to them. They never gave up hope. Little Ava never gave up hope. She turns four next month. They just found out Ava's beating the odds is on her way to be cured of cancer. And she's watching from the White House tonight if she's not asleep already. For the lives we can save, for the lives we can save and the lives we've lost, let this be a truly American moment that rallies the country and the world together and proves that we can still do big things. 20 years ago, under the leadership of President Bush and countless advocates and champions, he undertook a bipartisan effort through PEPFAR to transform the global fight against HIV-AIDS. It's been a huge success. He thought big, he thought large, he moved. I believe we can do the same thing with cancer. Let's end cancer as we know. Sure some cancers once and for all, folks. There's one reason why we've been able to do all of these things, our democracy itself. It's the most fundamental thing of all. With democracy, everything's possible. Without it, nothing is. The last few years, our democracy's been threatened and attacked, put at risk, put to the test in this very room on January the 6th. And then just a few months ago, an unhinged big lie assail and unleash the political violence, the home of the then speaker of the House of Representatives, using the very same language the insurrectionists used as they stalked these halls and chanted on January 6th. Here tonight in this chamber is a man who bears the scars of that brutal attack, but is as tough and as strong as resilient as they get, my friend Paul Pelosi. Paul Stanley. <laughs>
9: Love his
3: hat. He looks like Leonard Cohen. Yeah,
11: he does. He's such a heinous act. He <laughs> we must all speak out. Is he sitting with Bono? There's no place, place for political yeah, violence yeah. in America. We have to protect the right to and not though. suppress the fat fundamental right. Honor the results of our elections, not subvert the will of the people. We have to uphold the rule of law and restore trust in our institutions of democracy. We must give hate and extremism in any form, no safe harbor. (laughs) Democracy must not be a partisan issue. It's an American issue. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment where they have been called to protect our democracy. Defend it. Stand up for it. And this is our moment. My fellow Americans, we meet tonight at an inflection point, one of those moments that only a few generations ever face, where the direction we now take is going to decide the course of this nation for decades to come. We're not bystanders of history. We're not powerless before the forces that confront us. It's within our power of we, the people. We're facing the test of our time. We have to be the nation we've always been at our best, optimistic, hopeful, forward-looking, a nation that embraces light over dark, hope over fear, unity over division, stability over chaos. We have to see each other not as enemies, but as fellow Americans. We're good people. The only nation in the world built on an idea, the only one. are defined by geography, ethnicity, but we're the only nation based on an idea that all of us, every one of us, is created equal in the image of God, a nation that stands as a beacon of the world, a nation in a new age of possibilities. So I've come to fulfill my constitutional obligation to report in the State of the Union. And here's my, my, my report. Because the soul of this nation is strong, because the backbone, the backbone of this nation is strong, because the people of this nation are strong, the State of the Union is strong.
9: How do you not stand for that, Kevin? <laughs> well, most
7: of his colleagues,
11: yeah, I'm not new to this place I stand here tonight having served as long as about any one of you have ever served here but I've never been more optimistic about our future about the future of America just to remember who we are we're the United States of America and there's nothing nothing beyond our capacity if we do it together God bless you all and may God protect our troops thank you Good close.
9: Good opening, good close, good middle.
0: You no doubt would like to drop those leftover pandemic pounds, but how sick are you of all the ads for weight loss pills and fat diets? Been there, done that. They don't work. You know what does work? Eating five healthy servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Do that, and the weight would probably fall off pretty quickly. But one, vegetables. People don't always like to eat that many. And two, who has time to prepare that every day? So let's talk about Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a science-backed formula of specific fruits and vegetables that you won't find in any other product. Proper nutrition reboots your metabolism so you burn calories faster and lose weight in a healthier way. And Field of Greens is the only brand backed by a better health promise. You will look and feel healthier fast, but the best proof will come at your next checkup when your doctor tells you how impressed she is with the healthy changes you've committed to that are making a huge difference. I believe in the importance of a healthy diet, and I know because of how stressed we are and how busy we are, it's really difficult sometimes to make all the healthy choices that will make us feel better. That's why an amazing product like Field of Greens is such a great addition to any healthy diet. Let's get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com, promo code Mary. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Mary. You can also find the link in the show notes.
9: One hour and fifteen minutes, I believe.
0: Um, it
9: flew by, actually.
0: I. Um,
9: it was a well-delivered speech. Before
0: I, before we get to the quality of the speech, um, I think that. Uh, One of the reasons I'm having such a hard time. Norm, I I honestly can't imagine how you're feeling. Um, I I, I was thinking of you the whole time. Um, But just, you know, on a personal level for me, it was just uh, the contrast of this deep, humanity this deeply humane man and the just abject cravenness and cruelty that is the the legacy of the previous administration and you know quite honestly my fucking family i just i'm i'm having a really hard time (laughs) um just seeing what uh has been spawned and sorry, I'm just, um, and how, um, I worry how little, how much, uh, how little it will matter to uh, a significant minority of the Americans people. Um, So that's, that's my, that's my, I, I, I think that um, anybody who questions President Biden after this is not a serious person. And I don't, I don't care. I have no interest in hearing what they have to say. Uh, So sorry, that's my, I'm, I'm, again, I'm (laughs) quite difficult time processing all this, but uh, Norm, I want to start with you because one of the things that struck me I mean, again, we we can get to this later, but quality aside, I've never ever seen a State of the Union that was so emotional and deeply felt and just, again, human, humane and extraordinary in its ability to try at least to appeal to our common humanity.
7: Yes. Um, I mean, there were some really difficult moments for me. I can um, imagine. And for anybody who's lost a child. And mine is eight years also, uh, just as that poor man uh, who lost his son. And it doesn't, doesn't change. I mean, it changes, well, it changes, it doesn't get easier. Right. Um, but I, you know, uh, Biden is just uh, has just enormous empathy and it's genuine with him. But, you know, just stepping back from that as much as I can, his ability to do that and then segue multiple times to uh, focus on important ideas, the way in which he played the hecklers. And, you know, when he said we're all good, I was thinking of a list of, uh, of exceptions to that, who happened to be in that room at the very same time. Uh, and just thinking about all those moments that should have been applause lines for everybody to stand up, that weren't. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed with the C-SPAN camera coverage. Uh, it focused far more on the Democrats. And when they panned the chamber, they focused on the democratic side. I really wanted to see some of those reactions. Um, And we know, uh, you know, the heckling was uh, just outrageous. Um, You know, I, uh, I do wish uh, my uh, son, Danny uh, texted and said, I wish uh, Biden would turn around to McCarthy and say, can't you control your uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens? Yeah. Which would not have been probably the right thing to do, but it sure would have been nice to see. Would have been fun. Yeah. But with all of that, uh, you know, having uh, watched dozens of these and a lot of them, even the good ones, by the time you get to the hour mark, you're kind of looking at your watch and they are all litanies of, you you know, you have the checklist and you have to go through all of those things. But I cannot recall one that uh, really, I can't say it flew by, but one where you weren't looking at the watch and you weren't thinking, okay, when is he going to talk about this or when is he going to talk about that? Um, It was an extraordinarily well-crafted speech, but the best delivery of a speech that biden has given in his entire long life and the only sad thing is that most americans don't watch uh state of the union messages uh but you know i uh, one thing i'm glad about uh just i would say i really like the fact that he focused on things like insulin child care the child tax credit community college that are wildly popular across the board in the country. And now they have to follow through and just keep pushing these things and let Republicans reject things that are popular among Republicans. That was the flaw in Build Back Better. They used a slogan instead of separating out these hugely popular things Mm -hmm. and lost the rhetorical battle and the framing battle. He framed this, including, of course, the brilliant way he dealt with Social Security um, just so, so well. And it's a template for what Democrats in Congress have to do uh, now. Mm. I'll just say tomorrow morning, I'm speaking to what I think will be a large group of House Democrats, um, mostly about how you deal with being in the minority. Mm. And one part of it is I want them to put enormous pressure on the Senate, where a majority can actually do counter hearings and use some of that to frame it. But now the House Democrats can use their own capacity to keep these issues on the front burner, to force the other side to respond to them, to make them continue to take positions that are unpopular even among Republicans. And they sure as hell better do that. Hakeem, I think, is very good at uh, being able to get them mobilized
0: yeah I, I agree and i'm i can't wait to hear uh how that goes because i think that will be fascinating and they're lucky to have you talking to them um waj uh, i also thought of you um and your family during this speech um which i i don't want to damn it with faint praise by saying it's the best state of the union <laughs> i've ever heard because they usually suck yeah it's one of the best i i, can, I, I can, i can think of very few uh speeches that were better than this um and you know part of it was the sort of his ability to rope a dope the utterly disgraceful disrespectful <laughs> egregious um i'll I'll keep coming up with adjectives to describe the the just the hideousness of this republican party um so you know watch before before we started we did a a pregame of you know what's your fantasy of what biden will say and what do you think he actually will say and i have to be honest uh you know i i think this this speech couldn't have been better i i mean it was just sort of the perfect blend of toughness straight you know going at the issue hopefulness and just drawing a very bright line between um his approach his understanding of what america means and um the republican party who can't even stand and applaud for all of the good things that have been done for the american people in the last two years
10: Yeah, you know, um, it was one of those situations where my hope for Biden before I read, you know, text of the speech was that first and foremost, he would come and flex and flex hard without apology. And then he would pivot, flex and pivot, flex to remind Americans and tell Americans that it was me and my administration that did this for you, X, Y, and Z. And then pivot with the contrast, which is very important when it comes to media framing, that by the way, the GOP is not helping you. And the and the, the topics I want him to really hit were the debt ceiling crisis, social security, Medicare, assault weapons. And he did that. And he did it in a really Biden-esque way. And he essentially has put him in a checkmate. And and, yep. and I'll say that, I'll explain it this way. He knows for a fact that the GOP is so emboldened in, in its extremism with Rick Scott, Lindsey Graham, and others openly bragging about you know, uh, cutting Social Security and Medicare, two of the most popular programs that we have, that he said, okay, let's do a gambit, real time. You guys are for Social Security, right? You guys are fine with elders and seniors who have opted in, right? You want to protect them. And Kevin McCarthy stuck because he knows that the extremists in his party are willing to take this country over the cliff to cut Social Security and Medicare. But now he has them on camera, on tape, And he has cut a 2024 ad, not only for himself, but Democrats, because we know that they're going to try to cut Social Security and Medicare, and we know that now Democrats have a win. I hate to think like this politically, but this is what he did. He did political chess the entire time, even when it came to China, a brilliant, subtle move that I don't know if people noticed. He talked about China. he, He talked about standing up to China, but then he caps it off before going to the next point with this kind of unifying rallying cry about America that got the entire chamber to stand up and clap. So that one moment where Marjorie Taylor Greene was waiting with her stupid white balloon to pounce on him, he didn't give it to her. And so this is where I feel what Biden did really well. He flexed, he reminded Americans that he inherited chaos from Donald Trump, didn't mention him by his name, but the debt, and the deficit, inflation reduction act. And now he has, if you will, the Republicans in a chokehold. He has them in a chokehold over social security, On Medicare, on capping insulin at $35, and the fact that he took his time to really connect the dots, I think is very important. People forget that the original makers of insulin, they sold a patent for $1 because their intention, Mary, was to make it affordable for everyone in America, this wealthiest country in the world, it's the most expensive than any other country. So what psychotic uh, sadist would be against capping insulin at $35? Republicans. That's right and assault weapons when he said you know about gun shootings did you notice that kevin mccarthy did not <laughs> applaud when he talked about ending mass shootings it's remarkable right. so i think in those three issues in addition to what you all were saying his ability to empathize he's biden's strength is not being in an, a an, and if you will in uh a, a verbose type of uh eloquent orator like bill clinton and uh president obama he has a stuttering problem folks and he spent weeks on this speech. His strength is through empathy. My son died. My son had cancer. My wife died in a car accident. I know pain. I live through pain. And yet I'm still here. I'm resilient and hopeful. So having Tyree Nichols' mom and dad stand up, amazing. And also, I would say, the Cancer Moonshot Initiative. And I'll, and I'll end it on this. We can talk a lot more. But I'm so glad he talked about it. You know, it's personal, as you all know, but his moonshot initiative has not gotten enough attention. Him and Jill Biden's, their initiative is to cut cancer deaths by half in the next 25 years and improve the lives of cancer survivors. It's very ambitious. Cancer is one of the top leading uh, killers of all Americans. And the fact that he brought up that biracial couple. Right. That story can only usually be told in America. And the fact that their daughter survived thanks to a donor. I mean, for those who don't know. And I'll mm-hmm. quickly say this. I have a six-year-old Nuseba who I just put to bed. A, a, a who just I had to take her to lab core today. For those unfortunately who have gone through cancer, I hope you never go through it because there's something called scan We gotta take scans and you know, every freaking every couple of months. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this blood test comes out good. Uh, you know, but she's full of life. My daughter, she's six years old. You know, she braided her hair today. You know, she was dancing. We watched Sing Two on Netflix. And it's one of those situations where you bring in these human stories and you go, if we just care about each other, if we just have hope, if we invest in people. And also, the last thing I'll say, because I had to mention this, he, he put another stranglehold in the Republicans, Mary, taxing the rich. Yep. You know, for taxing the rich, even Fox viewers, when they did the Fox, Fox poll, who did not applaud Republicans, Right. corporations paying their fair share. Who did not applaud Republicans? Paid family leave, child tax credit. So I feel on these broad economic issues, plus with humanity, plus projecting strength and flexing, I personally am very pleasantly surprised. For those of you who read my tweets, I gave him props. I said, very well done. I was personally afraid, Mary, that he would not pivot and hit, but he hit him in a Biden-esque way, where he said, I know not all Republicans are like this, very smart, because you want to bring in folks for the 2020 election. But I know enough of you are and Marjorie Taylor Green gave him gifts by yelling and shouting to the point where Kevin McCarthy on camera had to tell him to shush That's up. That's right. Well done, Biden.
0: Yeah. Uh Adam, I before before you and Allie hop back on back on, I, I'm 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 a bit of a basket case right now because I um you know just the the contrast between what we just lived through and now having this deeply empathetic man um thankfully leading the country and i i actually one of the things that surprised me about it was actually it was incredibly eloquent
2: hmm.
0: and it was um so deeply ah. felt and and he did go right at the Republicans. Now, again, not, not in the way <laughs> that we would have wanted in our fantasies, although, you know what? Maybe that wouldn't be the right thing to do, right? But he did go at them. He yeah. he blamed them for mass shootings by pointing out that because they allowed the assault weapon ban to lap, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, what are some of your takeaways and – um, are you also a best? I, think I can't stop crying. I don't know what's, I, I mean, it's really personal to me as it, is, I mean, in a different way from how it's personal to Norm and watch, but, you know, just, just, you know, knowing that uh, so much of the cruelty we're living with is, is the, the responsibility of somebody I'm related to. It's, it's a little hard to deal with, but again, um, knowing that we, we are in the hands of somebody, a human being, who values humanness and humanity is pretty cool too. I think you're muted. I was
5: gonna say everything I had planned on saying, I feel like I can't say now after listening to Waj and then uh, hearing you because it is such a serious topic. Um, I was gonna Oh,
0: Please (laughs) introduce levity. I would yeah, be grateful you
5: know, to you. We thought it was one of the best speeches that he had ever given off of uh, uh, using, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop as a teleprompter. Um, you know, we thought Hunter's dad did an incredible job. But with that said, no, I think he spoke to I think he spoke to everybody. Um, you know, th- there may be something someone watching didn't like, you know, if uh, someone just doesn't get why, you know, assault weapons need to be banned. But, he, you know, topic by topic, this stuff, you know, whether it's cancer, whether it's you know, a teacher that needs a pay raise, whether it's, uh, you know, unfair taxes, he spoke to everybody that was watching and, and more or less, you know, depending on what someone's age is probably, uh, on a magnitude of different issues. And it was incredibly touching. Um, it, it, he brought a Brandon, you know, who yeah. saved lives, which I thought was incredible. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think that the the piece washed it on in terms of empathy. I think that, you know, um, uh, he just does an incredible job, but it's, it's heartfelt. It's real. And, um, uh, I don't think we could have asked for anything more tonight than probably our list of dreams at the start.
0: I, yeah, I agree. And Ellie, um, Jen pointed out dur- during the, President Biden's remarks that it turns out that she was the audience for the speech. Remember, you know, before it started, we're like, you know, who's going to be the audience? Is it going to be the imaginary middle or or what? And it turns out that it was us. Um, And does that surprise? It surprises me. Does it surprise you
4: that he pulled Um, it off to the degree that he did? No, not really. I felt like I don't know. He hit on a lot of things that have been really relevant recently, like bringing Tyree Nichols' family. Yeah, that was um, Turner. Yeah, I thought that was. I mean, that was really powerful, honestly, just to see them. Um, yeah. And uh, I felt like he also did, like, speak about bipartisanship and and working with the Repo- Republicans on their fiscal plan. Um, so it was like a classic Joe, like, still want to work with you guys even though you're freaking batshit. Um, <laughs> so. I thought that was I mean it reflected well on him. Um but yeah, no, I thought overall it was a really good speech and I mean they're going to have their qualms with it no matter what. Of course Marjorie right. Taylor going to heckle him because that's just what she does and Kevin McCarthy's going to look miserable the entire time because that's just what he does. Um he could have said he's going to solve world or have solve world peace or whatever. And yep. they still would have an issue with it. So yeah. I'm not surprised there. I thought he did everything he was supposed to do and I'm pretty happy with that.
0: Yeah, and I mean the only, the only downside is as Wash just pointed out, we, we have the great misfortune of, of not being able to listen to Sarah Huckabee Sanders totally screw her political future over by giving the rebuttal to the State, uh, the state yeah. of the Union, which as we know historically is a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing to do. Just ask Bobby Jindal.
10: how it's going for him. How's your water moment? Here's our water moment.
0: (laughs) Oh, Marco! Marco Rubio just joined us, folks. Like, my water's over here. I mean, seriously. Can't make this stuff up. But I I do look forward to uh, hearing about how Sarah Huckabee, whatever her name is, like, totally screws up the uh, rebuttal. How do you rebut that, Gentile? I mean... I I think we I think we speculated before uh, Biden started speaking that there was going to be um, the we were going to see the contrast between Biden, Democrats and and the Republicans who, again, tomorrow are starting a hearing on Hunter Biden. Okay, Um, so. Between Biden's just empathy and all the other th- stuff we talked about, and 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 the heckling—I mean, it was just so stark that um, I don't think it—it's it, inarguable. And one of the brilliant things that Biden did, and I'm curious to know what you think about this, was he kind of hemmed them in with absolutely perfect sound bites, which Democrats don't always do.
3: Yeah, and even, to me, the most sophisticated moment was when all of his skills came together in a moment. And so let me tell you what it was, because it was, he was able to deal with heckling. So the, I'll give you this, you might remember this. So it's when, he was saying, we're going to still need oil. Remember this convert? And then they're yep. like shouting at him. He's like, no, you know, we're going to still need it for at least five years. And then they're still heckling right. him. And he said, you know, they said all the billions of dollars they had in profit, that they're going to invest more in oil because we need the flipping oil. That's what they said. Yep. But they didn't, you know, they didn't do it. They did stock buybacks which and gave dividends. That's basically giving money to the shareholders instead of investing in supposedly all the oil we need. So then he pivots from that to, and that's why we're taxing stock buybacks. All of that package together, he brought the dark brand in energy. He taught something right there about what tax policy is, that it's not just to get money so we can fund things we need, but it's also um, about where the, where the values are. If you say you, If you say we need oil, then invest in it. If you're giving the money back to shareholders, we're gonna tax it more. And it was just, I watched that happen. It was right on the heels of him cornering them on how they're supposedly never gonna cut Social Security. Cornered them on that. They fell right. Yeah. In, they you know fell right into his hands. To me, it was like, you know, it was like the the heavens opened and the angels sang. And I thought, like, really, this is so cool. And the whole for me, there were several moments like that. But I loved. I love that. And so, but when you bring in the, the stuff they're going to do or what Tara's going to say, ah, it's noise. It's noise. Yeah. Slay tonight. Uh,
0: yeah. And, and Norm, again, I, I... I literally can't think of another speech. The, I mean, this was hands down the best speech he's ever given. Yeah. But again, that that's not necessarily saying much, although the semi-fascist speech was... was quite good um but again somebody who's not known for his oratory um saying it's his best speech doesn't necessarily mean that much but this was this was as good as president obama's best speech i mean seriously no No, Um,
7: it's and not at all what we expected but you know another part of this is uh on the same day that we get Michelle Goldberg's piece, but we also have all kinds of other Democrats saying he's too old, he's too feeble. He knocked this one out of the park. And it wasn't just that he has the ability to read from a teleprompter, although, you know, with his uh, stuttering uh, issues, that's always something you have to be concerned about. It was the ad-libbing. It was the way he reacted to the heckling. Yep. Uh, it was the ability to turn on a dime in terms of emotions, um, all of which was just brilliantly done. Uh, it it was uh, just a tour de force.
0: Yeah, I I agree with all of that. And while she, like one one of the best parts about it is that Biden did it in such a disarming kind of we're all in this together way like he wasn't obnoxious yeah he wasn't um rude like unlike you know, the entirety of the republican caucus he was basically just sort of saying you know we should be all in this together why, why aren't we and i i thought that that was a stroke of genius just his it was sort of his amiable mystification mm. that they're all like, like not on the same page. Like, how is that even possible?
10: You know, it, it, it's, there's a f- saying in uh, uh, in Urdu. I'll translate that uh, that person is a sweet knife that they'll stab you, <laughs> but with sweetness. Uh, and I feel that's what he did, right? Because if you look at it, he took his folksy, "Come, everyone, let's get together, bipartisanship," and he knows how extreme they are. And like uh, like, like jujitsu, he used it against them, right? So if you just even look at Social Security, for example, I think he got them because yeah. he knows. Yeah. He, he not only got them, he says, oh, so y- y- unanimity? All right, we're not going to cut Social Security and yeah. Medicare? Oh, fantastic. Okay, you're all applauding that? Great. Got yeah. it on camera, milked it for about a good minute. Kevin McCarthy's sweating because he knows he's got Marjorie taylor Dean, and Boebert and all these other folks who will literally massy – uh, uh, the balloon. From Texas, Don't get right? the balloon. Oh yeah, the balloon. Who are going to take this country with a debt ceiling crisis, specifically to cut Social Security and Medicare? Right. Uh, you know, ban assault weapons. Got it to trend. Right. Mentioned people. Hey, when I was there, I helped uh, as a senator pass it. Gun violence went down for 10 years. They got nothing. You know, taxing corporations. They didn't applaud that. So I feel like what he did. In the the Biden-esque way, which, again, I feel like if it was any other president, you know, we want him to be more aggressive. But Biden doesn't have to. Biden has that. I'm your folksy grandfather who's been in the Senate for 830 years. You know me. I work with people. And and what he did and what he can get away with, and he did this about three times, he goes, smart move. I know it's not all of you, even though it's bullshit. It's all of them. I know this is not a party consensus. But there is enough of you. And then Marjorie right. Taylor Greene, who just couldn't contain Like, it's almost like you're bait. It's like Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny uses the trap that Yosemite Sam sets for him against him. And that's exactly what he did. And Marjorie Taylor Greene was like Yosemite Sam, literally and figuratively. <laughs> she came in and she just couldn't help it. And I feel yeah. like Biden, you know, showed and as what Norm was saying at his age. And look, he's been in this game for a long time. That was political skill. And he was prepped and trained, and he knew that, like, Pavlovian dogs, they couldn't help it. And she took the bait. You lie. You lie. He's like, okay, I'm lying. Great. No no one's cutting Social Security. And these two particular programs, Social Security, Medicare, You capping insulin, taxing the rich, broad popular policies, right, like paid family leave, even the the junk costs, right, I think it's one of those things that people might think is a throwaway. But I think it's going to be very popular for Americans. Like, why the F are we paying these fees to these mm-hmm. airlines, and right now these airlines aren't popular. So the fact that he made the airlines and the villains will unite all American travelers, especially a guy like me who had to fly during Southwest during the, 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 the Thanksgiving chaos of last month, if you all remember. Uh, it's one of those situations that come election time, these are beautiful clips that literally every Democrat running for Senate and the House can use against Republicans. And the fact that he did it, it wasn't just on the fly, as Jen was saying. He improvised. He set the trap for them, and they took it. And he said it with a smile and with honey, which was just beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, um, Adam, Alley, this was—you know—like he he didn't even, he didn't specifically say anything about the Supreme Court, but he made it very clear where he stands on choice. And uh, he just very quickly went down this list of, of of issues that, you know, none of us mentioned beforehand, but like ticket pricing and mm. hotel taxes and hidden fees. And that is the kind of stuff that really matters. I mean, it matters to everybody, but particularly to working class and middle class americans and i excited about that honestly right yeah (laughs) because that's the kind of stuff that we kind of leave out a lot of the times you know so to have the president of the united states spend you know not it's not like he went on and on and on about it but to spend a significant enough amount of time to make it clear that these are issues he thinks about, right? So, so what did you guys think about, uh, not just the fact that he did it, but the way he uh, did it.
5: I was going to say, I think that, I mean, I think that you make such an interesting point because it seemed like he talked about all these things that affect all of us that are gathered here right now and in the chat room and, um, different generations that you would think either never affect a president or that he would never even know about. And I right. think it, you know, to, to hear like, we're not going to have to pay resort fees when we're not visiting a resort anymore. Sounds awesome. But like, not something you would think he would know about, but he's also got a lot of younger people around him who are probably bringing up all sorts of stuff that affect them every single day. And um, I, those things matter. I mean, those, yeah. they, they not just matter, they add up. And when he's able to, to talk about, not having to pay X, Y, or Z so that you can just be at the table with your family. I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Biden strikes me as maybe one of the only presidents uh, we've had who actually knows how much a gallon of milk costs. Mm. Like I I think he really has his fingers on the pulse of this stuff. And I have kept you all long enough. uh, I want, but, the last question of, of tonight is Ellie, how are you feeling?
4: Oh, <laughs> well, I feel great. <laughs> Thanks okay, good. Us. Yeah,
0: you guys, you guys look I'm just amazing. Weeks away from
5: having a baby. For anyone in the comments, no sickness. Right? <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. I how many weeks? How many weeks? Um, we have seven weeks left.
5: Oh, so- wonderful!
4: Ooh, wow. So exactly. if you're
5: going by the size, we got two, so we think we got a big baby coming.
2: <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My see.
0: daughter was eight pounds, 15 ounces. So
2: yeah. No, I was my, my
0: youngest pounds. was
3: nine pounds.
0: So
4: oh. that's lovely.
2: <laughs> nice.
3: Yeah. So, um, C-section.
2: Anyway. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. <laughs> there, <laughs> it
3: wasn't a plan.
10: There, plan. I, know, exactly. I know I want to end it, but can I say this real quick? Because you mentioned something, uh, 30 minutes ago, which is something I don't think about. And you said, you know, your name is so associated with, donald and it's something that i should think about and i and and, it, and i don't because i see you as your own person but i can imagine the weight that has on you or a person when there is an individual who is an agent of so much cruelty and chaos um and i and i'm just glad you mentioned that to all of us because you know you unfortunately uh, are associated with this entity uh, of of cruelty but i just want to mention that you are your own person and i'm very grateful that you are speaking out and using your space to be the antidote to his cruelty uh, and, and you bring empathy. Um, and it's just something also that I sometimes forget that we are connected and you know, even though we see him as this cartoon character who's a very real threat, I forget sometimes, oh yes, he is related to Mary and has been a shadow of oh, wow. life. So it's yeah. one of those things where thank you for mentioning that and thank you for doing what you do and, and restoring and redeeming the Trump name by fighting the good fight, well, I think the- we need to call it Make Trump Great Again.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
4: Let's not get
0: carried away. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's heavy lifting. Um, I, I, I don't think that's possible, but uh, thanks guys for thank you for that. Um, because yeah, it's really hard. I have to yeah. confess, I sometimes forget myself and then you know. Something comes up, and and uh, yeah. whether it's again the contrast between President Biden and Donald, or just the empathy shown on one side and the cruelty shown on the other, and it's like, oh shit! I'm like, really, I'm related to the person, uh, closely related to the person who has um, set this country down this path we're on right now, and uh, yeah, it's 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 tough to take sometimes, mm-hmm. but. What helps me is you guys. I mean, literally, I, I'm not. I I should say this more probably, but I'm not entirely sure how I would um, be able to bear it if it weren't for for my nerd avengers. Um, the way you show up, the way you support me, I am so deeply, deeply, deeply grateful to all of you. Um, so uh thank you for being here for me um i admire you all more than i could possibly say and i'm grateful that you are in my life um so dino Badala, kurt bardella cliff Schechter, brian Karam, norm ornstein jen taub <coughs> Alyssa marco adam parkamego Wajali, my friends thank you so much for everything you do and for being here tonight to watch this extraordinary, extraordinary State of the Union speech by President Joe Robinette Biden. Everybody have a wonderful rest of your evening, and I will hopefully see you all soon.
2: Great. Thanks, Mary. I love you guys. Bye.
3: Bye.